welcome to Chaos Cast, the Chaos Community Podcast, where we share use cases and experiences with measuring open source community help. We're elevating conversations about metrics, analytics, and software from the Community Health Analytics Open Source Software, or short, Chaos Project, to wherever you'd like to listen. Welcome to this episode. This podcast is sponsored by our friends at Sustain a community of open source enthusiasts and professionals that care about the future of open source. Learn more at sustainoss.org. I'm very excited about this episode. We have two wonderful people here who you may know from all around community. We have Brian Oblinger here. Hello there. And Lori Boltman. Hi. Hello. And my name is Fania. I will be your host for this episode. I am super excited. We're just going to dive right on into it. Can you two just go over just a very brief discussion of how you found yourself in community and how you found yourself measuring community health? Can we go ahead and get started with you, Brian? Sure. Thanks for having me. My story, I'll give you the short version. (laughs) My story with community is that I just got into it when I was really young in like the 90s, I got my first internet connection and oddly enough, like found myself in communities straight away, mostly like gaming communities and and things like that. And just a bunch of different things. I was like a volunteer moderator on gaming communities and then became a community manager and did a bunch of other jobs and a bunch of other stuff. And eventually got to a place where I was kind of helping other people build communities and think about what does it mean and that's when I think the the analytical part of this really came into play and in trying to understand how do we know that what we're doing is working or how do we know that different programs we're investing in are, are worthwhile? And so really started that journey, I would say, kind of in the early 2000s and have been thinking about that and doing that and helping other people think about that ever since. That's wonderful. And I kind of have a bit of a connection to that because I kind of got started in games as well, but I got started in games from an academic perspective. So I look forward to picking your brain about that. And what about you, Lori? I think it was purely accidental, although I've been involved in various communities throughout my life, but they are more IRL. I was a theater geek growing up and I always had theater community around me. And I did a lot of that in college too. And I think what really kind of was the initial impetus was I worked with a number of tech startups. And when you work in a tech startup, you really have to wear a lot of hats. So I, my background's in technical communications and project management. And I really did like, if someone didn't have time to answer customer questions, I'd kind of jump in. And I really liked that. I really liked being helpful and connecting people with the information they would need. So about four or five years ago, the company I used to work for had forums that really weren't as active as they could be. And the idea was kind of put forth, get a developer portal together so folks can deep dive and we can really get folks the information they need. And nobody was kind of volunteering in. I was like, I'll do it. And it just kind of started from there. And I already had familiarity with workflows and processes like editorial calendars and things like that and recruiting people to write. And then it really was successful and interesting and kind of put forth the idea of, hey, maybe we can take this to the next level. So I did that for over a year and recently left to start doing a community for a new startup. And what really intrigues me about all of it is the metrics. I really like to think about them and 
you know, is this really what I think it is? And how do I talk to the C-suite and how do I talk to management about why this is valuable? So that's kind of the thing that's kind of consumed me too, is how do I present this in a very tangible way, in a way that's meaningful? So the C-suite gets it so that, you know, management gets it and they maybe want to champion it or maybe you want to be more involved with it or give it a higher profile. So that's kind of where I am. It's very exciting and it's never pouring. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lori. And I definitely agree the startup conversation is going to be a big thing. So in the interest of a little bit of insight, maybe we should introduce a few of the startup companies that are probably going to come up through the course of this conversation. What startups do you think you're going to end up talking about? Can you introduce us to them? Look, so I think we should say that it's a good sign that community has come far enough that all of a sudden there's an ecosystem of companies that are thinking about measuring them, spinning up and building out. And so you have Comsor, you have Orbit, you have Common Room. There's a few others out there that are really all focused on, I think, on a similar path here of how do we actually use this data that we're gathering in these communities to talk about the value of them and help them be better and use those insights to build even more vibrant communities. So it's really kind of interesting time in the space and something that I haven't seen previously in terms of companies or startups that are wholly focused on the analytical side of this. I agree. It's really exciting. I feel like something happens every week and there's something new to discover. So yeah, I think the ones that Brian mentioned are definitely the jumping off point. Absolutely. I agree. And we have like this massive big bang industry diversification going on of just so many different communities and software is kind of popping up. Perhaps it's a good idea for us to rewind a little bit. Perhaps it's a good idea for us to kind of go back and discuss what measuring community health looked like when we were in a scarce environment where there wasn't a lot of infrastructure built up. And I know that during your time in community have run into a lot of those problems. Can you talk a bit about your experiences with measuring community health over the years? Well, for me, it was fairly limited to using Google Analytics and Kibana. And I think that they are really wonderful. I feel that I need more than that. I feel like they're a very, very good jumping off point where you would look at engagement in different ways. If I was lucky enough to have Hotjar or some sort of a heat map, where I could really look at user behavior. I just feel like we're creeping towards something new. And I think that a lot of it has to do with Web 3.0 and things being decentralized and more control of being with the user. I just feel like it's just kind of starting and it's kind of like having a little peak Christmas morning <laughs> at Santa come, you know, that sort of thing. So that's how it kind of feels with me. I feel like it, things are just starting to emerge and I'm just kind of trying to read about them and make sense of them and see, okay, how do I integrate this? Yeah, I definitely hear you there. I kind of feel the same way in a lot of ways, because for me, it was very much so like the very basic of a person interacts with an online community through a browser. You use the browser system. Google Analytics is a thing, but it was always so limited. It was always so controlled to what an individual was expecting to come into the platform as opposed to how people were actually using the platform. From my perspective, one of the biggest shifts and what I think we're seeing happen is that measuring communities in the past was about thinking about community-based metrics. So page views, posts, likes, these sort of what I would call like tactical community management-focused measures. 
And now what we're seeing is a move towards more business-focused or value-focused metrics. So thinking about, hey, it's great that we have this data from the community, but how do we mix that with other sources, right? How do we combine that with other pieces of data or information or context that we may have to tell a much more complete story and more of an impact story? And so I think for me, that's really like where things have gone and where we're going. It's funny because those of us that have been in this industry a long time tend to think that like, oh, we've been doing this for a decade. Why isn't everybody else doing this? But for most companies or most organizations or most people running communities, that's still a fairly new idea. That's still something that they're just now wrapping their head around and ultimately getting them access to specific tools and products and things that can help them do that is going to become even more paramount as time moves on here. And there's yet more systems to to understand and understand what their impact is overall. I agree. And one thing that I've been spending time thinking about is, so how do we get them to understand their role in this? This is a very general thing. I think there is, oh, we have to have a community. Everybody has a community. We've got to have a community. And I think part of our jobs is to say to them, okay, what is your role in this besides being a champion? I kind of echo that sentiment as well. I feel like kind of going back to Brian's comment as well, we are looking back at this industry having exploded and we're like, well, it's been here the whole time, but this is how it's been happening. But the reality is that hasn't really been the case because if you take a step back from community management and you go to one of our neighboring industries in marketing, the world, the internet exploded in social measurement marketing and big data became a big thing. And that all started in like 2008 or 2009. But we still have businesses who have never actually heard the term measurement marketing until like a year, maybe two years ago. And now we're asking them to do this more complex, more satellite to their services kind of industry in community management. And it is taking a long time. How exactly are we going to bring them back into that discussion? We can't just say, hey, we've been here the whole time. We have to say, welcome, come on in. How are we supposed to do that? For me, it's always about understanding who you're talking to and understanding their language and trying to frame it in a way that's going to connect with them, right? I think we spent way too long as community professionals saying, well, everybody has to come to us. We're the geniuses over here building this community out. They need to come to us and learn our terms and all of that. And I think what a lot of people have learned the hard way is that's not going to happen, right? And so when we think about convincing someone that A, community is something we should do and B, it can provide value to our, our organization or our company or whatever it is. It's actually the onus is on us as the community builder to do that. And so that's why I talk so much about how do we tell those impact-based, value-based stories with the data that we have available to us and talk about how we could find even more impact or value if we had other data that was in the mix here. Because ultimately, that's what we're going to have to do to get to a place where people say, you know what, this makes a lot of sense to me. And I think we should do more of it and talk about investment and headcount and like all these other things that come along with this. When you talk about building a community at a company, as it were, or a place full of people that are interested in achieving a common goal. I think, too, the next step is monetizing it. I think it's going to come down to that as a next step. How do we show value in terms of money? Is it offering more interactivity like a podcast and getting more people in that way? 
Is it something else? What's that next level? Yeah. And I think that next level, there's no way around this. I think that next level has to be decided with metrics at the front. Yes, I agree. There's no other way. So that does kind of bring up an interesting question. At some point in our industry, we went from having this discussion of like, yes, community is going to be the next big thing. We're just waiting for them to fall in line with it to we need to go out and we need to convince C-suite. We need to convince businesses that brand communities have value in online worlds. And all of that conversation has been happening and probably contributing to this massive explosion we have in our industry and a pandemic. But this large discussion has been really elevating our industry. And those conversations seems to be happening like CMX just have metrics march madness, basically. And then there's been a lot of discussion on In Before the Lock and a whole bunch of these new software companies. How is this conversation about metrics and this wrapping in of community? Well, I can speak to CMX and also all the different Slack workspaces I've been. I mean, a day doesn't go by where someone has a question about metrics. March Metrics Madness, what CMX covered was metas and KPIs in the Columbia chapter. And I think it was the Israel chapter that did Finding Your North Star Metric, which is focusing on one metric and building a framework around it, which I think is really interesting. The Nigeria chapter did Coffee Metrics. The Denver chapter did How to Track Slam Duck Metrics, Improve Community ROI. And the Lagos chapter did Data Network Analysis, What's New, and there was a CMX masterclass on March Metrics Madness with Koros. So everybody has questions. I think we're all kind of at the same time trying to figure out what the heck we're measuring. <laughs> Are we doing it the right way? Are we looking at it properly? So it's really fascinating. So if we kind of think back, one of the big shifts is that we're actually talking about this stuff now, right? So it used to be a lot of us were off building community and just going out and doing our thing and building and building and building. And there wasn't really this accountability or this expectation, I'll say, that we did tie it to value or dollar signs or whatever the case may be. And I think at some point around 2007, 2008, the social media explosion happened, which put community or its forms on the radar of executives, namely chief marketing officers and folks like that at, at different companies. And all of a sudden, for the first time, it was like, oh, okay, here's this thing or this set of things that are interesting and could be the future of how we think about marketing in our company and customer success and all of this. But how do we measure that? And so all of the social media companies had this exact same challenge at the time, which was, well, how do we talk about impressions and likes in the context of business value? So they went through this as well and had to try and understand what that meant and translate those things and build those formulas and whatever to varying degrees of success, of course. And so I think that's one of the turning points at which as community builders, it was like, hey, all of a sudden, you know, you need to kind of prove this stuff. It's on the radar. So on one hand, we got what we wanted, which was to be elevated and more respected in companies and, and more on the radar. On the other hand, that means you have to prove that what you're doing is valuable and that you're not just burning money doing kind of things that are folly. So I think that was sort of the big change. And we've just seen since that time up until now, this evolving conversation as people have started to think about it. And frankly, a lot of companies have proven this, right? And said, hey, we did X and Y happened and it led to ZROI and therefore we should do more of this. And other companies have seen those case studies and followed along suit. And so over time, it's just been this slow building of people understanding these things and it just becoming a more respected thing. 
with that said, I think we still have, you know, some ways to go on this. And I'm sure we'll talk about that. While open source software today is powering critical infrastructure, the open source ecosystem as a whole is rapidly changing, facing challenges for governance, maintenance, maintainer burnout, funding, marketing, and more. Are you concerned about these things for your open source software too? Well, in the sustained community, we discuss these challenges and share solutions for how to sustain open source in the long haul. We meet once per year in person, and the rest of the time we keep the fire burning in our discourse forum. Join our conversations at sustainoss.org and sustainoss on Twitter. If you would permit me just a little bit of a fork in the conversation, I really, really love what you said about as we came into Web 2.0, as we came into social media, the way that we measured social media and Web 2.0 back then was at the helm of a large majority of these companies who were asking, how exactly do we measure what is actually a financially equitable action to be taken on part of our platforms? And a large majority of that was led by advertising. How do we monetize our platform, not monetize our community? And that discussion was had way back in 2008, 2009, where engineers were at the helm of saying, how do we determine the ROI of an ad? How do we do ROAS? So they start building all of these formulas. They start building all of these things to determine platform success and ROI. And now at the end of Web 2.0, as we start to move into Web 3.0, community managers are being expected to prove their ROI within the framework of the engineer's understanding of that platform over the course of the decade. So we're trying to like pigeonhole ourselves into that conversation. And I think that a large majority of the explosion of how do we manage this metrics is because we're realizing that's not working. We have to actually understand how to measure the community infrastructure not the platform infrastructure. And the discussion of ROI doesn't really work within the concept of that ROAS system. That's kind of my hot take. What do you think of that? I think that is incredibly insightful. And what are things going to look like when we're so decentralized? I really struggle with this because I don't know, but I do think that's an excellent point. I think there's two things. First of all, I am in no way, shape, or form any kind of Web3 expert. But what I'll say is that along the longer course of time, if you look at the things we measure and how we measure them, the numbers that we measure or the things that we think are valuable tend to remain somewhat more consistent than maybe the underlying technologies and how we measure things or the products that we use or those kinds of things. So I expect that there will be some change as is always the case, you know, Web3 or not, right? There's always some evolution of these technologies and things. I suspect those will change. But at the high level, when I talk to businesses every day about community and why it matters and how they should measure it, it all kind of comes back to three or four really familiar things that they really care about, which is how do I get more customers? How do I convert them to being paying customers? How do I get them to buy more? And how do I get them to be happier and remain longer? No matter what anybody tells you or how they phrase it, Every business in the world cares about those three or four things, generally speaking. And I don't think that's going to change really anytime soon. So it's more about how do we tell that story and then use whatever technology and things are available at the time to, to do that. That's really insightful. Yeah, I definitely agree. And to me, that sounds like it's a lot about method. And as the internet changes and you start to build a large majority of these uh, softwares like console and stuff like that, 
how are you changing that approach? What do you think this community measurement is going to look like at a post-2022, post-Web 2.0, post-pandemic, post-all the things? What do you think that's going to look like? So if we think about problems to solve, I think the biggest problem to solve for community professionals and businesses that are interested in community or community-led is... I have all of these different places where my community exists or that I wish they would exist or I have a hypothesis that they might exist. And the question is, how do I know what they're doing, who they are, what are their connections to each other? And how do I use that insight to actually make better decisions? And I think this is the core value proposition and challenge to solve for companies that are thinking about this. And so that's what we're thinking about today is how do we help people connect together all of these different platforms and locales that they may have for their community to gain that better understanding about what are they doing and why are they doing it? What are their motivations and how can we help them be more successful? Because we know that if we do that, that we will be more successful in the downstream. And so it's about bringing together a bunch of different technologies, but also a philosophy about what it means to be, as we say, community-led. What are the set of guiding principles that we should be thinking about as an organization that are going to help us build a successful community and do it, quote unquote, the right way. I'm using air quotes here. I know you can't see me. Do it the right way and really build something that's that's valuable for those people that are there, those members of your community. And I think last but not least is once you have a bunch of data, having the data doesn't mean anything if you can't tell a story about it. What we really want to do is not only give people access to this data, perhaps for the first time for a lot of them, But then also tell them what to do about it, right? I think that's the most powerful thing is to say, okay, based on what we're seeing here and based on what we see in other communities that are like yours or similar in some way, these are the three things that you may want to do this week or this month that can really help you go to the next level or turn that casual contributor into a super user or make sure you don't lose a super user that you have. Or have you thought about running a program that might have some decent impact on what we're seeing in the engagement cycles here? So Once you have all the data, there's sort of another layer of what I would say is insights. And then the next step is, of course, decision-making. And that's really where I think we need to go with this and what the company I work at and a lot of others are thinking about right now. I love storytelling. I think it was Pablo Gonzalez who said, wrap your data in stories. And I just love that. I think that is a way to illuminate like none other and a way to also capture people's hearts too. So I think what you're saying is really, really accurate and kind of exciting. That also sounds like the best possible merch opportunity for a lunchbox. (laughs) But yeah, I definitely agree. I haven't heard that term before, but I really like the idea of Rapture Data and Stories because I think that one of the major issues that community managers and people who are trying to prove community ROI are really, really having is that they have to abstract into a data infrastructure that they don't necessarily have the methodology or the structure to produce. So it's taking a lot of work for them to abstract it into those numbers. Or they're having trouble making those numbers make sense to their C-suite and other people. Like, is this really a valuable predictable ROI? And now we have like this massive industry explosion of people who are saying, here's how to do it, here's how to do it, here's how to do it. And a vast majority of that discussion is basically building the infrastructure necessary for us to say, here's a industry standard that we are now trying to build for how to do this. 
across a whole bunch of these community softwares that have really, really good ideas. And it's very much so a open lab testing ground now for what those metrics look like. Yeah. And one thing that we haven't talked about that I've been kind of thinking about too is what about the interconnection between community and developer relations? How do we work best with that function? Because it's a very important one. How do we as community managers and community builders work with developer relations folks and developer advocate folks? And what are they struggling with? Do we have some common ground? Are there ways we can connect together to to come up with value? So does anybody else wonder those things? So here's my hot take of the episode is that whether you're on the developer side or the community side or any other side for that matter, marketing, success, product, on and on, support, like whatever those things are and you're not working together, you're blowing it. What is one of the biggest predictors of community success is actual like the cross-functional nature of how these different groups of people work together. So when you go to like a a developer-focused organization, if you survey, you really interview and talk to people that are doing community work and then people that are doing developer relations work, there's some Venn diagram where they're actually doing a lot of the same things and servicing a lot of the same audience. Not always. There's some parts of it that are separate or different. But realistically speaking, we should all be working together. We're all working with customers in, in different ways. And so I think this is my biggest message for people here beyond the analytics piece of it is more of a kind of structural piece to how you organize and think about building communities is it should actually be this very, very cross-functional natured program that you put together because there's just a bunch of natural points at which you can all add value in really great ways. And instead of like reinventing the wheel and doing that four separate times, why don't we just do that once in a really compelling way that's better for the customer or in this case, the developer that's just trying to get help and connect with other developers and give ideas and whatever it is that their goals are. People don't really care, right? How we're organized internally or who holds the political power or whatever. They just want help and connection and those things. And that should be our job internally is to break down those silos. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of wisdom there kind of connecting it with like how I kind of see it is your organization is a community and you have a larger community. And if they're not simpatico, if they're not the same thing, you're doing something wrong. And a large majority of the reason for that is because the whole idea of infrastructure, the whole idea of organizational compilations that make work get done easier is a shared concept or a shared idea or a shared reality that people can jump on board with and they can do a small portion of that work with a shared understanding of how they contribute to the whole. So if that shared concept, that shared idea is not making its way from your internal organization to your community back, something's wrong and you need to fix it. Completely. I, I think community, you know, when you talk about the sales funnel, I think community is all of the funnel. I think it's the pre-funnel, it's the mid-funnel, it's the end of it. And that's why I was speaking about that interconnectivity. Everybody needs to be involved with it on some level. And I also really love that, that it's so holistic and everything is so interconnected. I really want to make a Douglas Adams Dirk gently joke. So to kind of wrap up the discussion, to kind of talk a little bit more about what this future of community metrics is going to look like, can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing here in like the next 
six months to a year. What is this going to look like for you? What's like one small project that you think is contributing to a larger whole? Speaking for myself, I'm building a community from scratch. And it's really interesting also going to be building a DevRel strategy from scratch. I think the thing for me is to, again, understand how if things are going to be so decentralized, how we're going to interact effectively and how we're going to measure that effectively. Back to the C-suite thing. How do I really get everybody involved with that funnel? And how do I get the C-suite involved to champion and to understand what their role is and to give them enough to take the ball and run with it and see where they go with it above and beyond our usual community ops and our usual day-to-day stuff. Look, I've spent my entire career almost at this point telling people what they should be doing and how to do it. But I think what's been lacking are some of the tools that make it easy to do that. The reason I joined Comsor was to resolve that issue, to say, we know the how and the what, but people don't have access to these tools, right? Or they don't work the way that they would expect, or they just haven't existed for a wide swath of people doing community work. And so what I'm doing alongside uh, the team here at Comsor is trying to understand what do people actually need to be able to make these connections and understand the impacts of what's going on. And let's build a suite of products and services and education and everything that people would need to be able to go forth and and really conquer this, really do a great job. And that's really our mission here. We want to build all of that together that people can take all of it. They can take some of it. They can start small, then go big. I mean, whatever is going to be the best thing, but it's our job to kind of build all of the things that we think they would need to accomplish that. And so it's a pretty ambitious mission for sure, but we are making great progress on it. And I'm going to be very excited to show everybody some of these things here pretty soon of what we're working on. So I guess I'll leave you with the teaser there. But what I would say is if you're out there and you're listening to this and you have ideas about what you think that future should be or the types of products or services you would need, that's great feedback for us right now because we're very much in the mode of trying to make those things a reality. Sounds so much like what we do over here at Chaos. So yeah, we're probably going to keep a very close eye on what Comsor is doing. And if you're listening to this podcast right now, you can also go to podcast.chaos.community and you can find in the show notes or wherever you'd like to listen, you can find in the show notes a little bit more information about what Comsor is doing. And with that, we are unfortunately running up against the hour. I think this has been a wonderful conversation. But we just have one extra section to do, which is a value ads. So for those who are brand new to listening, what a value ad is, is just a thing going on in our lives. What's happening in our lives that we think could add value or benefit to yours? So what I'd like us to do is just go one by one. What's something going on in our lives? Brian, do you want to start? I want to give you one kind of professional community related thing and then one that's just been good for me personally lately. So on the community side, one of the things that's really been up and coming over the last couple of years is this idea of community operations. As communities have become more intricate, more complicated, and more integral in the business, now that we can prove some of these things, it turns out they get invested in like marketing and sales and other things. And so in the same way that you have marketing ops people and sales ops people, a lot of communities are starting to think about community operations and how are those working. And so Tiffany Oda and Cassie Mays have built a thing they call Observations, which is a nice little pun. And it's a regular meeting series that they do where they invite 
folks together to talk about community operations. And I've joined a bunch of them, got a bunch of value, and I wanted to point other people to that. And then what's happening kind of more in my, I guess, personal life is I subscribed to Masterclass and have been making my way through those. And it's everything from cooking to business to learning instruments. I mean, it's just really smart, interesting, intelligent people teaching you their craft, which I always find just really fascinating. And so highly recommend Masterclass. That's really cool. Two things that have been of value to me. The first thing is I've been using Duolingo to, to learn Spanish. I absolutely love that language and I just love it. And it's been really, really fun and helpful. And I'm really enjoying the heck out of it. And the other thing that I've kind of been toying with is in addition to having podcasts for the community I'm building is also possibly starting a personal one. And it would be around sort of a non-community subject. And that is that I recently, I am in survivor mode from cancer. 2021 was a very difficult year. And one thing that I've been thinking about and that I was actually talking to a colleague about is... I bet there are people who want to tell stories about how cancer has impacted their lives and their careers or whether they themselves had it or someone they've been close to have had it. Because for me, although it it was a nightmare, it was also very catalytic. I really feel like it moved me out of a place of complacency into a place of action. I think there's really nothing like knowing that you have an internal expiration date, really knowing that to really kind of catapult you into something else. So that's something I've been considering doing. And I'm just kind of in the conception phase right now. And if that would be of value, folks, let me know because I may make this a reality. Absolutely. Wow. Such a strong community concept to kind of build something on it. If you are interested in that, again, listeners in the show notes here or wherever you'd like to listen, definitely catch up with Laurie and Brian there. For my value add, I kind of want to discuss something that's been on my brain a lot. I've recently put together an information diet email campaign. And basically, it's just like this small campaign that says, here's how to structure an information diet. And in the course of writing that, I have been forced very specifically to look at what my information diet is and how much conscious effort I am really putting into the things that fall in front of me. And it's been a somewhat Zen experience. I cannot tell you how many things I have unsubscribed to in the course of the past weekend that I genuinely do enjoy, but that I genuinely also don't have time for. So it's been a little bit of an event. So I encourage you to also take a look into your information diet and think a little bit about what you're passively consuming and what you're consciously performing the effort to consume. So that'll be it. Thank you so much, Laurie and Brian, for coming on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having us. It's always a pleasure to be in the company of other community managers and friends. Feel the same way. Thanks for having us. Agreed. Absolutely. And thank you for joining us today, dear listener. If you want to stay up to date with future episodes, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you like to listen. Share this podcast with your friends and colleagues. And if you have ideas for future episode topics or you would like to even come on as a guest, we would absolutely love to have you. 
just email us at podcast at chaos.community. And we really hope you enjoyed this episode. Until next time, my name is Benia and I've been your host for Chaos Cast. Have a good day.